Hi, this is Corey Turner. And along with my wife, Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. And good day to you. I know that uh, you're having a good day because God is on the move. Amen. Right now, I want to actually, first of all, just thank our global apostolic leaders, Pastors Corey and Pastor Simone, because they are people of faith. They are people who actually see where God's moving and lead us in the direction of where God is going. And I want to thank them because every single time that we have the opportunity to share the Word of God, it's a privilege and it's an honor. So are you ready for what God's going to continue to do in your heart and your life today? I want to encourage you from the very beginning, prepare your heart, take notes, and respond to what God wants to do. I want to encourage you to actually engage in the Word right now as if God was standing right there before you, because the truth is, He really is. The Holy Spirit is right there in your lounge room, in your car, or your study room, wherever it is that you might be. The Holy Spirit is here. And this is the thing, when we actually receive the Word of God and apply it into our life, the Word of God has the ability, the power to transform our mind, Heal our body and revive our hearts. Can I hear an amen? Well, I may not have been able to hear your amen, but uh, I hope that maybe your next door neighbor did and it starts a conversation about God today. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word is living and active. God, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And God, I pray today that as I speak, that my words will be your words. God, I thank you that there's already a rich crimson thread of your spirit and your word of what you're speaking into our hearts today. And I thank you, Lord God, that salvation is here. Freedom is here. Peace is here. Breakthrough is here because you are here. And so God, we do not approach this service as just another day, but God, a divine encounter with you, our creator, our God and our savior. God, all glory and honor to you. In your mighty name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, have you ever noticed how often in our society we want to reap the benefits of something without actually paying the cost? I mean, most of us, especially in the last 18 to 24 months, really would agree that Australia is an amazing place to live. Despite lockdown or restrictions and things happening right now, most of us want the benefits of living in a country like Australia, but aren't too keen on paying the taxes for those benefits. In our society, most of us would agree that we'd like to actually have a more appealing body, maybe a little bit skinnier, or if you're like me, a little bit more muscular. And uh, we want to actually look healthier, even feel healthier, but it's often the cost or rather the lack of the taste in the diet that we're not really willing to pay to have that body or that health. I mean, in our society, in our relationships, we'd all agree we want healthier relationships. But when it comes to actually changing something of ourself, God forbid, that we'd have to change ourselves to have a healthier marriage or friendship or workplace and so on. See, at large in our society, we want the benefit of something without actually paying the cost. 
And what can happen in our society can actually, unfortunately, take root in our faith. And we can approach a faith in Jesus where we actually, as a believer, want the benefit of being in relationship with Jesus Christ and what we have, inheritance in Him, or even for God to do amazing things in our life. But are we as keen? in forfeiting the pursuits of this world, the cost that we need to pay in order to fully embrace the life that we've been called to live. You can even have a revelation that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and yet still not allow it to redirect your life's priorities. See, one of the greatest deceptions for us is thinking that we can say yes to Jesus and yet keep our minds set on our own agendas. That we can say yes to Jesus and think that I can just live my life depending upon my own opinions, preferences, and comfort. Today, our main text is going to be in Mark 8. And so go ahead, open up your Bible to Mark 8. And what we see in the Gospel of Mark is that from chapters 8 to 10, Jesus speaks three times in each chapter, once in each chapter, specifically to his disciples of his coming death and resurrection. But today we're going to specifically be looking at Mark. And we're going to begin in verse 27. It says that Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they told him, well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others that you're one of the prophets. And then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Christ. And then Jesus strictly charged them or tells them to tell no one about him. And then in verse 31, it says, and he, Jesus, began to teach them that the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and the scribes and be killed. And after three days, rise again. It says he said this plainly. Listen to this. And then Peter takes him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, Jesus rebukes Peter and says, get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Can you just imagine this with me for a moment? Let's put ourselves right there. Peter has a divinely inspired revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. And then next minute, he decides as Jesus continues to teach that he's now going to teach the teacher because he doesn't like what the teacher is teaching. Jesus is the Christ, Peter declares. And then the next minute, Jesus is telling the same man who just declared he's the Messiah, get behind me, Satan. That's a little bit of a high and a low moment if we were Peter. But before we actually begin to just throw shame on Peter and begin to condemn, condemn him for what he said, there's something we actually need to understand. And what we need to understand is the common expectation of a Hebrew or the people of Israel at this time. See, they had an expectation of the coming Messiah and the common expectation of the Messiah 
can be summed up in this. They expected the Messiah to be a king like David, that he would be a great and mighty warrior, that the Messiah would actually deliver them from pagan oppression, which the nation of Israel was under by Roman occupation. And so they expected him to be king like David, a mighty warrior, to deliver them from pagan oppression, and that he would bring them back to the glory days. Oh, the glory days. How glorious were the old days. And we see in their expectation that the Messiah for them was based or set upon an earthly kingdom. They were looking forward to an earthly kingdom, and yet Jesus declares elsewhere in John that his kingdom is not of this world. Peter has a divinely inspired revelation, and yet what we see is that he still has his mind set on a worldly and temporary interpretation. And in this moment, Jesus actually is testing his motive, I believe, for his following of the Messiah. It says, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, but turning and seeing his disciples, Jesus rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. When we actually study this text and look into what's actually being described here, the phrase setting your mind or your mind set on is actually speaking of a person who's made the decision that what they're gonna strive after and seek for is in the advantage or interest of a particular person or party. And so essentially what's happening here is Jesus is saying to Peter, hey, Peter, your motivation where your mind is set upon right now is actually set on a party. You're siding with the advantage or the pursuits of something that is not of God. And you might think, well, wow, that's pretty harsh for Jesus to then just declare, well, Satan, it must be from Satan. But where else do we see Jesus tempted to bypass the road that leads to the cross and suffering? Matthew 4. In Matthew 4, Jesus is tempted by Satan in the wilderness. And Satan comes before Jesus and he actually tempts him to bypass the road of the cross and the suffering to walk down a road that seemed to be a little bit more appealing, comfortable, and seemingly glorious. So we could summarize even the temptations of Satan to Jesus in the, in the wilderness as this. Desiring things of physical need and desire Possession and power and things directing towards a person's pride or self-image or approval of others or a person's own glory. Peter might have had a revelation that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, but it would seem he was more interested in the glory of Jesus being a king with a crown and not the cross and suffering. I'm going to say that again. Peter's motivation seems to be in this moment that he's more interested in following Jesus to the glory of a palace and a king with a crown than through the path leading to cross and suffering. So my question for us today is in what ways is our mind still set on the things of this world rather than the things of God? See, you and I can still be tempted into believing that saying yes to Jesus Christ doesn't have to alter our life direction, our pursuits. That we can actually say yes to Jesus, but then still pursue as a priority physical 
needs and desires, possessions and power, or even maintaining lordship over our own life. And yet Jesus himself declares in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters, for either you will hate the one and love the other, you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And he speaks into the heart when he says, you cannot serve both God and money. So, if we're gonna truly follow after Jesus Christ, we need to set our mind on the things of God. Mark 8, 34 says, in calling the crowd to him, this is speaking of Jesus, with his disciples, Jesus said to them, listen to this, if anyone would come after me, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever would save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for my sake and for the gospel's sake will save it. For what does it profit a man or a woman to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? For what can a man or woman give in return for their soul? If anyone wants to follow Jesus, Jesus says we must deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. You know, as I get older, you might be thinking, well, how old is older for you? It's not part of the message. So I'll just continue on past that. As I get older, I've come to see that through certain sports, long flights or extended periods of intense exercise, maybe if I've gone to exercise with Pastor Corey, I found the benefit after that to actually go and get a deep tissue or a remedial massage where they actually pinpoint certain knots and sore muscles on my body. And I found it to actually be of great benefit. Now, before you turn off your TV, you might be one of those people that's thinking, uh, excuse me, why would anyone in the world go and pay for someone to inflict pain upon their body? Why would you go and submit yourself before a person putting intense pressure on things that are already tight and already sore? That doesn't sound fun at all, but here's the point. Unless I'm willing to succumb to temporary pain and pressure, I'm going to still have those knots and sore parts of my body, and my body's not going to be alleviated from the issues that I am under. Whereas, if I were to just go to get a massage and a relaxation massage, have them tickle my feet, things like that, purely because I want to go and listen to some nice music, sit in a comfy chair, and have a friendly welcome. I'm telling you, I'm going to walk in and out with the same issues and the same restrictions that were in my body the moment that I woke into that place. Friends, Every single one of us is tempted to pursue a type of Christianity where it's more about nice music, comfy chairs, and a friendly welcome when we walk into a place than being willing to set our minds on the things of God and being willing to actually undergo a little bit of pressure, some temporary pain, so that what we are under, the bondage or the issues, can be alleviated. This is the divine paradox of a massage. Now, if we're going to set our mind on the things of God, you and I need to embrace the divine paradox of our faith. The divine paradox of our faith is this. If we are wanting to fully live, we have to be willing to fully die. To die to ourself and to live for Christ and for 
the gospel. For whoever would save the life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for my sake and the gospels will save it. You know what losing one's life looks like? It looks like being willing to let go of the pursuits of life that are purely after our own desires, opinions, and comfort. And you know what it looks like to live for the sake of the gospel? Well, it looks like seeking after the things that Christ sought after. It looks like obediently following the teachings of Jesus. It looks like sharing with other people the gospel of the kingdom of God. You see the difference here? It's a pursuit or a mind set on things that are for me, myself, and I, or recognizing that when we set our mind upon the things of God, it's now for the kingdom of God to work in us and flow through us so other people can also experience the power of Jesus Christ. There are three fundamental questions that I want you to write down today. Questions of reflection, questions that actually benefit you and I in helping us set or reset our mind on the things of God. Number one, the first question is this. Have I prayed about it? What is God saying in my situation? What is he saying about my plans? What is he saying about my future? But don't end there. The second question is, what does God's word say about it? What has he already declared in his word about his promises and uh, his goodness and his character? Have I prayed about it? What does God's word say about it? What has he said and what is he saying through it? And the third question is, who am I discipling? Literally, ABCs of our faith if we want to have our minds set on the things of God, not ourselves. Because what I've found is if I have these questions, just even these questions at the forefront of my mind each and every day, I'm no longer living based upon how tired I am. No longer living based upon how crazy the house has gotten with an almost four and a two-year-old ripping things apart. But there's a greater purpose and reason even for what God can do when we're confined to our homes because he is eternal, not limited to this day and age. These questions will help you and I actually help reset or set our mind on the things of God over the things of this world. And this is the reason why it's so important is because when we set our mind on the things of God, not just one day or one year, but daily, year upon year, we come to find the things of this world, these temporary things, absolutely pale in comparison to the eternal riches and value that we have in Jesus Christ. Set your mind on the things of God because where your mind is set, your life will follow. See, where you set your mind you will seek after those things. You will strive for those things. You will side with those things. The good news for you and I today is that no matter what it is that that temporary pain or that temporary letting go of something is, it can never compare to what we have in Jesus Christ. He declares, what does it profit a man or a woman to gain the whole world? and yet forfeit their soul. For what can a man or woman gain in return for their soul? See, what we need to understand is what we give our life to pursuing and following will impact our life both here and now, but also life to come. 
In 1 John 2, it says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But listen, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. You know, when I encountered Jesus Christ, made a decision to receive his forgiveness and his supernatural work in my life, I came to learn pretty quickly there's a cost to following Jesus. And at the time, I began to experience um, friends and even some family members begin to uh, actually cast me out of the life, begin to exclude me from parties I was being invited to, even key life events of people that I had known my entire life, all because I had made one decision and began to actually pursue that. I wasn't saying things about them, but apparently when my life began to get a little bit better, people didn't actually want me in their life. And I went through a season being completely open and real with you today. I went through a season where I felt completely alone. I felt abandoned by people and really I actually felt confused as to how a child of God, how making a decision that would make my life better could leave me feeling so isolated, so alone, and so abandoned from people. But here's the thing. In that season, I chose to dig deeper into the word of God. I chose to actually step out in knowing that my life was going to the pits. But because of Jesus, I had a resurrected life. And so I began to just dig into his presence. And I'm telling you today, the supernatural presence and power of God began to work upon my mind, began to work in my body, began to revive my heart to a point where there are some of the most rich and deep and intimate revelations that in that season have become convictions to this day that I get to live by. See, I've come to see that Satan wants us to get fixated on the things we think we're losing so that we begin to live in fear and forfeit eternal life in Jesus. Satan wants you to get fixated on that friend, that relationship, that thing, that bank account in fear of losing it. And the moment today I began to speak about laying your life down, someone began to feel some anxiety and some stress well up within you. But guess what? God is not the God of anxiety and stress. There might be temporary pressure, but it's for eternal freedom. And so right now you need to know today there's nothing that you could actually give away that you would not actually uh, allowed to be lesser value than following after Jesus. Satan wants you to get fixated on your fear of losing out to try and distract you from stepping into your eternal relationship with God and the freedom that he has for us. I've gained more richness of relationships, life, and purpose now in Jesus Christ than I ever could have given away. You know, whether we are aware of it or not, we all make the decision to follow something or someone. But where is your decision taking you? Jesus says, as he called the crowd and disciples to him, if anyone would come after me, let them deny themselves, take up the cross and follow me. For whoever would save the life will lose it, but whoever loses the life for my sake and the gospel's sake will save it. What does it profit a man or woman to gain the whole world and yet forfeit 
their soul. What can you gain in return for your soul? And Jesus says, for whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of them will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father and with the holy angels. When Jesus walked on earth in the flesh, most of the Pharisees, elders, and scribes rejected him. We see that Peter and 10 of the other disciples out of the 12 repented and their, their, their mind was transformed and they were reset on the things of God. But my question for you today is what will your decision be? Jim Carrey is a well-known celebrity and actor and he once said that he wished everyone in the world would be able to gain everything that they dreamed of, of riches and, and glory and, and promotion so that they would come to a point of realizing that's not the answer. So if a man of this world can have a revelation that there's something more, what about you and I as children of God? This week has been battle for me. Literally, it's been battle. I've struggled to the max in allowing this message to actually get out in clarity of thought and on paper. And this week, I went about three different times to try and write a different sermon. And every time I began that way, I sensed the Holy Spirit drawing me back to this thought. And it was a battle for me to actually just focus on what God was trying to say in this message. Now, listen to me. Every single sermon, every single message, especially through Numa Church, is one of eternal value that will bring transformation to mind, healing to body, and revival to heart. But listen to this. I felt in my spirit that today and this message for every single person that is engaged in this is of eternal value. That eternity is at stake. And as I was preparing for this message, I felt God highlight five specific people to prophetically speak to. And as I was writing this out, I felt God actually say that each, each of these five people doesn't just represent one person, but actually represents multiple and many people. And so I'm just going to read this out in the way that I felt God actually lead me in this. The first person and group of people I felt God lead me to is people that are trusting and pursuing after worldly possessions rather than a prompting of God. And I saw someone actually being prompted by God to give a financial contribution into the vision, into the offering of this house. And I actually saw you praying and you received that prompting, but straight away you began to be concerned and worried about what was in the bank account. And what I felt to encourage you with is that you can trust in God as your provider. I need to encourage you to trust in God with what He's already put into your hands because it's not actually about waiting until you get a raise, but trusting in God with what he has given you right now. And what I felt is that there is no kind of raise that will ever be enough if you're not prepared to trust in God with it, what he's already given to you in his hand to give from right now. The second person I saw is someone who's actually trying to hold on to role and title over a commissioning and a calling. And you actually know that you're resisting a prompt of God and either letting go of a potential role, title, or promotion, or a business and profession that you know is going to take you away from the ministry that God's leading you in. And I feel like you've even said recently to God, give me another sign. Here it is. 
Friend, I believe this is the word of the Lord to you. Now is the time for you to actually respond by speaking to a godly leader in your life, speaking to them about it, getting wise and godly counsel on what a next step might be. Some of you today are pursuing approval of people over conviction of God. And some of you today are allowing other people to influence your decision of how you live your life and to compromise on your conviction in purity. But what I felt to encourage you with is just because someone says, I love you, or is actually flattering towards you, doesn't mean that you lowering your conviction of purity is going to seal the deal or actually put your value before them as worthy. You need to run to God, know that he already loves you, and do not compromise on your purity. If someone wants you to compromise on your purity, then swipe whatever direction it is and keep on moving. Some of you today are seeking after value and worth of what people have placed upon you, and you're actually putting that higher than what God's word and promises has already declared over you. You think that you have nothing to give or offer because of your age or stage of life. And I even believe that some of you have had people who have told you or suggested in their language that because of your age or stage of life or even because of past and what has happened to you, that you are a second-rate believer or that you don't have much to offer. But this is what I felt the Holy Spirit wanting to encourage you with. You are still alive today because God has a plan. He's got a purpose and you are valuable. And there is something, if you would actually just choose to let go of those things and actually pursue God, there is kingdom advancing work that he has for you to walk out. And finally, someone needs to hear today that no matter what kind of pain you inflict upon yourself, or you allow other people to inflict upon you, no matter what kind of pain that you allow to be inflicted on yourself is gonna be what sets you free from the darkness around about you, the loneliness and the depression that you are in, and you need to know that is a lie of Satan. There's only one person who can bring you out of that place of darkness and out of that loneliness and that depression. There's only one person that is the answer and his name is Jesus Christ. See, there's an adversary of your soul and his name is Satan and he does not want you to live in eternal freedom. And I'm telling you today, you've joined in for whatever reason and you're seeking after an answer. You're seeking after something. Friend, Jesus Christ is the answer. Trust in him. And although there's gonna be moments where that pain is gonna surface up again, there's healing that would come. And I don't wanna diminish what any of us are going through, but if we would be willing, like me, with a deep tissue massage to go through just some temporary discomfort, I'm telling you, God can alleviate your lingering pain and trauma, and he can actually bring healing into your life. And so whether one of these five situations specifically for you or whether the Holy Spirit's pinpointing something else today. I wonder today if you and I would be willing to reset our minds off of the temporary and into the eternal. And in a moment, we're actually gonna give every single person an opportunity to say yes to Jesus Christ, to begin that eternal relationship with your creator, your Lord, 
and your Savior. But before we do that, I want to pray for some of us today. So right now, wherever you are, would you bow your head and close your eyes? Unless you're driving, that wouldn't be good at all. Bow your head and close your eyes. Open up your heart because I know God is doing something divine and personal right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you that freedom is here today. God, and I'm praying for every single one of us that as we've already sung today, God, as we've already declared today that our life would follow after declaring that our focus is on you. Our eyes are fixed upon you, the author and the perfecter of our faith. God, I'm declaring freedom right now in Jesus' name. Lord God, I'm declaring that there'd be freedom. Lord God, that mindsets would shift. God, that hearts would be revived. God, that we would not live our life based upon just the habit of going to church and leaving church or opening up the Bible and reading for information, God, or clicking in to online service and joining that, Lord God, so we can hear something that's soothing. But God, we need a move of the Holy Spirit, God. And I thank you that right now, this is not about responding to a man or any other person. It's about receiving your work in our life. God, I'm declaring supernatural freedom upon every single person today. Freedom right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died, and rose again, conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead, and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.